I actually went to school for human resources management. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was the right sound to you. Well, but. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Cloud Machine Podcast. My name is Matt Landry. And in this episode, I'm with Becca Hamill. In this second episode of the podcast, we discuss photography. Uh, We talk about Becca's origin story, tips and tricks for concert photography, creative direction, and her work with some of the biggest artists in the country. Thanks for listening. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Cloud Machine Podcast. For those who weren't here last week, um, this podcast is about the music industry and its stakeholders, meaning everybody that works in it loves it, and surrounds it. Whether you're someone that's dreaming about making a move in the industry, have some songs recorded and don't know what to do with them, or just a listener that wants to learn more, you're at the right place. This week, I have the immense pleasure of welcoming my dear friend, Becca Hamill. Whoop, whoop, whoop. (laughs) (laughs) Becca is a Toronto-based photographer, designer, and creative director. Her clients include the Junos, Universal, Sony, Capitol Records, Atlantic, and much, much more. Her work has been featured at Vogue Russia, NME, ID, Dork, and Paper Mag, amongst others. You can find her work with Valley, The Beaches, Elio, and more at her website, BeccaHamel.com, B-E-C-C-A-H-A-M-E-L.com. <laughs> Hi, Becca. How are you? I'm good. Wow, what an intro. Hey. I wish I could carry you around and get you to introduce me to everybody. <laughs> with this this magical board? Yeah, especially yeah. with the horns, yeah. always. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get right into it. Um, last week with Nate, I asked him about what his favorite concert or live performance is ever. Um, and I sort of want it to become a tradition around here. So let's talk about it. What is your sort of favorite concert or live performance ever that you've seen or been been a part of? That's probably one of the hardest questions you could ask somebody. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Because, I don't know, I was a late bloomer with concerts. Mm. I didn't really go to a lot of them, like, probably until I was in university. I really didn't go to a lot of concerts. I was always a music lover, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know why. Mm. But one of my favorite concerts ever was the first concert I've ever been to. And it was the Killers at Scotiabank Arena. Formerly, yes. Yeah, formerly <laughs> the ACC. ACC, yeah. Um, and yeah, it was the first concert I'd ever been to. I thought it was like super niche and cool for liking the Killers. <laughs> and I went with my friends um, in the eighth grade, uh, seventh or eighth grade, I'm not sure. But yeah. uh, my friends, Haley and Maddie, shout out Haley and Maddie. We went to that concert <laughs> with my sister. Shout out my sister for chaperoning us all the hey. way there. And it was just really cool because obviously the like the killers are iconic. Yeah. And we had such a like authentic concert experience. Mm. We went, we stood in line for merch for probably 45 minutes. We obviously couldn't drink, so we didn't get any drinks, but we got like popcorn and then right. went to our seats and it was just such an overwhelming experience for someone like it, at that age. Yeah. And I actually saw on my Facebook, which that's 
all the like Gen Z are about to log off this podcast because I just <laughs> use the term <laughs> Facebook. But I was on Facebook and I'm like a memory showed up actually a few days ago. Whoa. And it was like on my way to the Killers concert. <laughs> <laughs> so were you always a fan of the Killers or was it just like something? Always. Yeah. You yeah, still are now. Always. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they are probably one of my all-time favorites. A weird all-time favorite where I don't necessarily always put them on. Right. But if I had to just choose something to listen to, yeah, like I'd probably reach for, well, I mean, click. Yeah, you're not reaching for <laughs> CDs anymore. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I if I was thinking something a little bit more recent though, definitely the 1975. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, feel like- <laughs> I just added this rap horn, and it's gonna make a I, make. Yeah, you know what? Gonna- just. Constantly. After every sentence I say, <laughs> <Yeah>. just. <laughs> da, 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 da. Um, but yeah, that that show was insane. It was something that I was really looking forward to for a long time. Yeah. The 1975 have just been such an important band for myself and really just a lot of my current friends. Like they mm. were a band around uh, the time that I met my current like friend group and my partner this like that the first 1975 record was so important yeah. to us as a friend group it was the only thing we ever listened to in the car and I don't know that show man they changed live music they changed live performances is what I should say yeah for those who don't insane. know also at the ACC just like or sorry Scotiabank Arena just like your the killers performance that you mentioned earlier um what did you think about like the set and stuff like that innovation has been crazy. Insane. I mean, I know a lot of other artists have been doing it. I saw Fletcher on her last tour did a really cool like street kind of setup, yeah. which seemed really cool. And I don't know, definitely I think we're getting further away from just cool lights and LED screens and trippy designs on LED screens. Um, and now just getting into such... I don't know, just a really more innovative and interesting and it felt theatrical in a cool way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I feel really suits the 1975 and it really suits their current era and their, you know, that that album. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they've always been trailblazers. I feel like since that first album, every single band is trying to be the 1975 or like take such influence from them. So I just, I just have a feeling that they're, they've just changed it again. Yeah. I hear at the podcast, we have this phrase from Erica Badu that says, uh, well, she says, and I quote, music and music business are not the same thing. Um, What do the terms music or business in the arts mean to you? And where is the intersection of all of it for you um, as a photographer, as a creative director, designer? Yeah, I mean, it's hard because it feels so contradictory. So even just saying the term like music business, music is obviously, you know, creative expression. Mm-hmm. So even for, for a photographer, you know, like when you think about photography and business together, you kind of think, I don't know, it doesn't really make sense for me right away because you somehow have to think of this creative thing and think of a way to make money and turn it into a business. And as 
you know, a self-employed person, obviously I've like firsthand had to deal with all of like the business side of things. But I don't know, music business is, I feel like it's a term that like really scares some people, but it's a term that other people just get, go crazy for because I think anyone that works in the music industry, whether it's a photographer or an artist, like you've dealt with managers, you've dealt with artists, you've dealt with like, you know, people on your tour crew Mm -hmm. and managers, people on the business side are just, they're a type of way. They're a type of way and they are, they are (laughs) the way they are and they are where they are because they are the way they are. You know, you have people that are just absolute hustlers. Like I really respect that, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's always tricky too because I'm not really when speaking directly about music business. Obviously, I'm not an artist. I'm not an artist manager. Mm-hmm. But with my role as a photographer and as a content creator, documenter, I don't know what's the term for that, <laughs> documentarian <Yeah>. um, <laughs> for uh, for artists. You know, I'm in the room. For a lot of conversations, yeah. whether, you know, I'm just eavesdropping or <laughs> whether I'm like, you know, taking a video of an important call or an important meeting, I feel like I definitely have peeked behind the curtain a little bit more than some of my peers have. And for a second reason, because my partner is in a band. And so, you know, you obviously try not to take like business home and do all the pillow talk, whatever. But mm-hmm. you obviously just, you know, you get to know a lot about your people in your lives, like, you know, their day to day. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, I've really seen him go from being an independent artist to sign to a label to going on tour and, and all these type of things. So I've definitely seen all the different aspects of it. And and I'm I'm a very curious person, so I feel like I ask more questions yeah. than I should. <laughs> and then I just like, I don't know, then I have like too many things that I know. And I'm like, I really don't need to know all these things. <laughs> yeah. What do you what do you think about the impact of content creators um, in the music in just it, just in music now? Like, is it like. Is it becoming more crucial than it was before? Like, is it more important yeah. than it was before? Yeah, 100 percent. I think that prior, honestly, it's just pre-COVID. I feel like we need to change like BC to B. Well, no, Ooh, BC is now before COVID. <laughs> like I feel like everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything yeah. is now just gonna be like oh, before COVID. We need to make like a hyphen, like hyphenated thing yeah. for that. So BP, quickly, yeah. yeah, yeah, before pandemic, yeah, yeah before pandemic, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, but it's really interesting because before the pandemic, I think that the biggest way to market an artist was tour Mm -hmm. that was you know how do you get people to know your artists yeah to get your to know your artists you have to just send them out on the road yeah and you have to just get them to play as many shows and get in front of as many people as possible and that just completely flipped over on its head because of the pandemic and people staying at home and our best friend tiktok um (laughs) Yeah, you you know, I have a love-hate relationship with TikTok, but we can always get to that later. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know, like it's it's really tricky to like content is probably the most important thing right now. Yeah. And whether it is the artist themselves being the content creator or, you know, content creators, which covers that umbrella of photographers, videographers, designers and more, 
So it's really interesting to see how it's definitely impacted my business in a good way because there's more people that need content. Um, but I don't know. It is, it's tricky for some, some artists right now to have to switch this mentality of, Oh, I'm not an art. I'm not just an artist that writes music anymore. You have to also be a content creator. Yeah. You have to be posting videos of yourself, whether you're good at it or not, you better learn because that's kind of the main way that people are getting discovered. And, the main way that people like, you know, your team will probably force you to. Right. Yeah. To just promote yourself. We spoke before about this, this phrase or this, this, this idea that you obviously need a good like playback person. Um, but does it matter how the show went if you didn't get any photo or video from it? Yeah. Yeah. I guess to kind of elaborate on that, it's, I, a lot of the way I started into the whole music world was obviously through touring. That was like the Mm -hmm. the first way that I kind of dipped my feet in. But that being said, when I first started, content was always the last thing put in the budget. It wasn't a big deal. It's not a huge deal because there's always going to be a photographer at the venue that's going to take photos and send them to you. And so it wasn't super important for you to have your own person. But nowadays I feel like that's just completely changed and to to your point there about you know everything is just as equally important the show needs to sound good but you need to know that it sounded good you need to have the photos you need to have the videos you need to be able to you know you know if a tree falls and no one's around here it did it even happen if a concert happened and no one was posting photos or videos did it even happen? Did it really matter? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think the industry is shifting to towards the notion that the fans and the people in the room that are there don't matter as much as the people that are going to buy the next ticket to the next show next yeah. time that artist in the, is in the next city. Um, I yeah. think that's like sort of a weird situation. Um, I think there's a lot of production and a lot of quality that's coming out on stage. But at the end of the day, it does matter how many likes, how many eyeballs you're getting on that post from that night and therefore influencing the number of tickets that are going to get sold the next time that that same artist, your band yourself is going to be in that, that same city. Yeah. That's a really, it's a really heavy like sentence because as a concert goer, like imagine kind of knowing that, that it's like, the point of this is to kind of like market the next one. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, great. You're here. But now that you're here, uh, we actually care about this more. So see you later. (laughs) You know what I mean? You already bought your ticket. So we don't, we don't necessarily care. Exactly. Yeah. Although artists care, but the people behind them might not care as much as the person at the next show. Yeah. And it comes, it's, it comes back to the whole Maddie Healy thing in 1975, because we're talking about it now. We're talking about Maddie Healy at the MSG eating a steak. I we're know talking we weren't about, there. Yeah, yeah. Like we yeah. were not there. <laughs> we were not there. But even in Toronto when he was, he spit wine yeah. out in the crowd, like we're talking about that, you know. Um, so I think it's interesting. TikTok is blowing up over it and they're still performing. I think he said yeah. recently that they're still going to be performing that tour for like another year. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting now for sure. Like when I am planning for some tours in the spring, it's just, TikTok is now its own its own entity, its own deliverable. Yeah. And that's probably the most important part. Like, all you need is an iPhone now. People don't care for, like, high-res 
videos. <laughs> they prefer to have like low quality iPhone videos because that's also what does the best on the platform. Yeah. And yeah, it's definitely changed for sure. What do you think about the, the phrase that is often used like quality over quantity? Yeah, definitely. Where is it at now? Um, sorry. So, so sorry. You're thinking quality over quantity. Uh, yes, for sure. Right. I think quality over quantity always. Yeah. But it's hard now with platforms like TikTok or even like Instagram Reels and yeah stuff like that where you know these algorithms do have a little bit of a mind behind mm-hmm. them where it's you know like. Post, 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 post as much as you can. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I feel like just it, there's a really hard balance to find. There's a really, really hard balance to find. Yeah. So, I mean, I still struggle with trying to find it. I know a lot of artists that I work with really struggle to find it too, too. Um, a lot of artists that I work with and also a lot of artists that you see online, like they really don't like being content creators. Yeah. They really don't. I know, I think it was last year, maybe a few months ago, where there was that whole revolution of a lot of artists that were coming out and being like, oh, I, I didn't sign up to be a content creator. This is draining the life out of me. This isn't what I meant to do. I meant to write music and, you know, release it and play it to people. Yeah. But now you have, you know, I have a good friend of mine who's an artist and her label won't even let her release music because it's not going viral on TikTok. And that's just a shame. That's just that should be criminal. Yeah. I don't know. And, and, and it just, I work firsthand with a lot of marketing people, obviously because of the nature of my job, because I do a lot of, you know, design work for artists and I do, you know, cover shoots and lyric videos, things like that. So I have to work pretty firsthand with a lot of, of teams at labels and like, and I know that that's a reality and that really sucks. And, and I, I really hope that that's not something that's going to stay for very long. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, maybe everyone will just adapt. Yeah. <laughs> it's a scary, it's, it's sort of scary. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it kind of also comes to that point of like, even for myself, I always consider myself an artist mm-hmm. or I would want to, you know, I, I don't feel I've been doing photography for really not that long in the grand scheme of things, but I would want to consider myself an artist over a content creator. But yes. now I have to also be a content creator because the only way for me to also promote my work is through these channels. Yeah. So I think that's a great segue to like our next topic. The question is, when did you know photography was for you? So this is a little bit of the Becca origin story. Um, yeah. So I feel like, like an X-Men or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like yeah. X-Men <laughs> Becca origins. Yeah. Your, bat- um, your Batman origin story. Yeah. Way cooler than Wolverine for sure. <laughs> but um, I actually went to school for human resources management. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was the right sound to use. Well, but there, yeah. it, and if, do you have like a wah, wah, wah. I don't. I don't. Um, I'll have to add that too next positive time. a podcast. Yeah, yeah, You're like, yeah. I'm not going to bring people down. In one of them. Yeah. But I would have done like wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Um, no hate to any HR <laughs> gals and girlies and out there, but, um, Mm -hmm. I actually really liked it. I, I'm, I've always been very much a people person and obviously human resources management is literally just managing people. Yeah. So it's great. But I, um, ended up, I ended up meeting my current, like, uh, my current partner and my friends, um, 
And they had just started a band when I met them. Um, and I started to just slowly get more and more involved with like the music yeah. side of the world. Like I'd always been a very like musical person and I'd just be that kid always with like all the playlists, all that kind of stuff, like Tumblr. that sort of thing. Yes. yes of course. <laughs> um, on, yeah, on Tumblr 24 seven. But, um, I eventually got like a little film camera because one of my friends at the time had a film camera and I thought it was really cool and it was way cheaper back then <laughs> to buy and develop film. But I started just kind of shooting with a with a film camera. And I just, I don't know, I wasn't really doing it with any type of intention. And eventually my friends kind of looked at me and were like, this is actually, like, these are, these are kind of good. Like, do you think that this is something you'd consider? Right. And, um, yeah, I, I'd always had kind of. I was always the the kid on the family trip with like the video camera and trying to take all like the artsy shots, like right, the right. like weird <laughs> yeah. things on. And my dad is a creative director, so it definitely is something in the family, which, yeah, I don't know. That makes me a Nepo baby. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He didn't buy me my camera or anything, right. but, um, but so it's always been like, we've always been like super creative people. I know they forgot to put me in that New York, <laughs> that New York magazine article, apparently. Uh, next time. <laughs> but yeah, next time, whatever. Um, and yeah, I just kind of, I really started to like it a lot. And it was just one of those things that I never, until it kind of really started to steamroll, I never really thought it would be a thing. Yeah. Because once I finished university, I didn't really know if I wanted to still go into HR I was just working in a restaurant, like, you know, five days a week, just working crazy uh, late nights. And yeah, I, I honestly had no, no idea, no plan until, until it kind of happened. Yeah. Let's talk that about that. Sense. Let's talk about that. We spoke yeah. briefly about your first sort of time yeah. um, with artists, and, yeah. which I'll, I'll say it. Yeah. Um, with Valley. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I shot my first ever concert that I shot was like my first ever music type of thing that I did. And it was Valley opening up for Marianas Trench. Yes. <laughs> and, and it was in like Sarnia or Windsor. Hey. It was at like a theater hey. type venue right. like yeah. over there. It was fun. It was cool. And obviously, like, I'd never done any type of concert photography. Mm -hmm. Maybe, like, bringing a disposable camera to the Horseshoe Tavern, maybe prior to. <laughs> okay. But Tur for the, Toronto thing. For the for sake sure. of the origin story, we'll keep it, we'll keep it more condensed. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and I brought my film camera. I was only using a film camera. Right. I didn't own a digital camera. One, because obviously a decent camera is expensive. And I also didn't know how to use a digital camera. I know that sounds kind of counterintuitive because a lot of people think film is harder than digital because you can't see the images. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to adjust your settings to make it look better. But it's honestly a little bit easier because there aren't additional settings. Like, yeah. because even from the current digital camera that I use, there's some settings that could totally just wonk everything up, mm -hmm. whether it's like video or photo, if I'm not careful. But yeah, I... I Brought two rolls of film to that concert. The photos actually turned out really great. It was really fun. And then after that, Valley was going on their like first ever kind of mini tour. 
And they asked me if I could come to just be, it was just the four of them going, like there was no tour manager or nothing. Mm-hmm. And they just said that they needed someone to help kind of selling merch and uh, to take some photos and do content because obviously still Instagram, they were still trying to build their following online. And yeah, I I went on that and it was, kind of started to steamroll. Was the conversation just like come along and like bring your film oh, camera? Oh yeah, like I wasn't paid for it for sure. Like right, 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 <laughs> it was right, kind of right. like, which was, which is fair. Like, you know, they were such a small band at the time. And I feel like if you ask any content, like creative that started probably in 2018, 2019, they definitely were not paid for at least like the first or second tour that they did because you're working with smaller artists because you don't have the experience yet and working with smaller artists. Yeah. And yeah, you just, you're just down for the hang. Yeah. So, and they were all my friends and it made sense. I was like, why am I going to give up an opportunity? Like I didn't have a job. Like I was like, what am I? Okay. I'm going to take like a week or two weeks off from the restaurant. I'm just going to go and it's going to be fun. Right. So. This is <laughs> spicy. This is um This is <laughs> I like how it just that's, cuts off. <laughs> that's that's my myth. That's my myth sound. This is the myth. Everyone can be a photographer because they have an iPhone. Is that like is that true? Is that not true? Yes. I think it's true. I mean, I don't know. It depends on what like I think you can be a content creator. Photographer is such a loose term though, because now we do have like a photographer means that you're a person holding a camera and taking a photo. Mm. And now we all just have cameras with us all the time. Right. Like I think people think that you need to have all the expensive gear to make great work. And it's kind of funny because you actually do own a very expensive piece of gear because like the average iPhone these days is like $1,500. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's like, top or end. But like iPhones are expensive. You're basically paying the most expensive part of your iPhone mm-hmm. is the camera. Yeah. So like you, I think a lot of people don't realize that you own like a really great camera. Like you own a thousand dollar camera. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like totally. you can buy some digital cameras that are only like 600 bucks. Yeah. And yeah, I just think people don't realize that it's like, yeah, you've got like a really great tool at, at your disposal, but Obviously, it depends what you do with it, right? Yeah. So. What do you think about the the importance now that a lot of people, and I, I think we're talking a lot about now how youth are like pretty addicted to social media. And I know myself, I'm oh, pretty. I'm addicted to yeah, TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty addicted to social media. Um, iPhones now are basically just cameras that can call and text. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, basically. And And to your point, like. If you're spending fifteen hundred dollars on your iPhone, then why couldn't you spend that money towards the new, like Fuji camera or whatever? Exactly. You know? Um, I know that's kind of like I like this iPad probably costs as much as a new camera, you know. Right. But it also has a camera in it. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely interesting to, yeah. It's a camera that calls and texts. <laughs> yeah, people don't realize that, <laughs> yeah. you know, most of us are taking pictures with that $1,500 camera yeah. or whatever. Oh, and it, yeah. it can be such a tool. No, um, 100%. Even on the next, I know um, one of my friends, he was on tour and I saw that he did a night where like the artist he was out with mm-hmm. uh, challenged him to do 
only iPhones, like uh, only iPhone photos on a right. night. Whoa. Because um, I think at the time he probably had like the newest iPhone or something. I don't know if it was in partnership with Apple or not, but um, but I thought I was like, man, this is kind of an interesting thing to try out. I might mm-hmm. try it out in the next time. Obviously, you can do so much with like iPhones and post. You can just edit, you know. Yeah, I feel yeah. like this these days with all of, you know, Photoshop and just all of the technology at your fingertips and, and, you know, people are doing a lot of practical Photoshopping, like, you know, printing things out and, and cutting them up and scanning them and and doing all this cool stuff. I feel like the just photography world kind of exploded and there's just so much more you can do and so much more like, I don't know. I see people who like, they'll post their photos out of the camera and you're like, Oh, that's not that crazy. Like that's not, it's a great photo, but it's nothing special. And then they show how they edited it. Right. And like all of the things that they did to it. And you're like, Oh my God, that's insane. Right. 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 In a good way. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. Oh yeah. After that Valley Mariana's trench show, um, how did you sort of start shooting for other bands? What was like the next steps after that? I think that social media is definitely your best friend in situations like this because I was mm-hmm. working with Valley and they were obviously posting on Instagram and tagging me in photos. And I think that kind of led to other artists that were fans of them and fans of their content to reach out and say, Oh, like who do, who does your photos or, you know, or they'd come straight directly to me. And, um, I think, uh, the first kind of cool experience for me was, uh, we went on tour with Lennon Stella Mm-hmm. and so much fun, just such a great tour, met some really amazing people on that tour, and I think we were in New York. She didn't have a photographer on the road with her, and uh, we were in, yeah, we were in New York, and her manager pulled me aside at the merch table and was just like, hey, like, you know, we really love your work, and we'd really love to capture some photos from the show tonight, and we don't have someone to come and do it, and we are just wondering if you'd be able and you'd be willing to just take some photos for Lennon. And, like, I remember even going into the green room, and, and Valley was in the green room and being like, oh, my God, you know, like, I got asked to take photos for Lennon tonight. Like, that would be so cool. Like, this is such a great opportunity. And they were all so stoked for me. They, awesome. they were just like, oh my God, like you're going to do such a great job. Like go for it. That's really <laughs> fun. And, um, yeah, it kind of just, uh, it kind of started to steamroll after that. We'd come home and other artists that Valley were close with were reaching out. Like I went to, um, I took photos at like a Dizzy concert once, which was really cool. Like just the fact that they'd like put me on the, like, give me a media pass to take photos. I was like, this is the coolest feeling ever because I kind of started a bit like, I don't know. I find a lot of tour photographers or or live music photographers typically start by working for a publication or, and going to shows, but I kind of jumped right into touring. Right. So I actually didn't really have that much experience taking live concert photos, nor Mm. did I have experience taking photos of different artists. So I was definitely nervous when when other people would reach out to me because I felt like I I was really, you know, shooting for Valley. I, I had their brand in mind always and, and was, was taking photos for them. Mm-hmm. That kind of expanding into other worlds seemed scary at first, but it was fun and, yeah. I, and I loved it. And, and yeah, when I'm home, I, I, I've been shooting a lot more concerts definitely than when I first started. 
I yeah. even when I'm not on tour, I, I'm typically at like shows pretty often, which is really fun now. Do you find yourself more freelancing now than ever? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I uh this past year was definitely the the first year where I got a lot of people that were reaching out to do shows and, and also with artists that because we're obviously in Canada there's artists sometimes like I took photos for Joshua Bassett when he was in, in Toronto because, you know, he was doing a really short tour and it probably didn't make sense to send a photographer from LA to come here. And, yeah. and yeah, I, I think that your friends are super important as well. I, from the get go, just like really tried to create this big network of other photographers, other tour people, other just creatives in the music industry, like visual creatives in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how I've been getting a lot of work too, is, is friends kind of, uh, recommending me, you know, if, if a friend knows that, yeah. So the, for the Joshua Bassett show, um, one of my friends does amazing work for him, does like his creative design photography for his artwork and, and all that. Shout out Luke Rogers. Love him. Um, <laughs> and, and, um, he, yeah, he messaged me just being like, Hey, I think Joshua's looking for someone to take photos in Toronto. And I thought of you and, uh, would you be free? And I can put you in touch with management. So it's always great to kind of just, you know, build out your network because it's happened for me as well when I, I'm not able to go and, and do something and, and I know who to like reach out for. Yeah. And yeah, it's just fun to be able to like, you know, scratch each other's backs and support each other. Mm-hmm. Is it sometimes just as easy as seeing your Instagram tagged Instagram profile tagged in another artist's like set of pictures is it can it be that easy or you know does it take more work than just yeah kind of working for somebody else yeah I mean I definitely won't at all underestimate the power of like cold calling and cold dming and you know the power of a lot of people these days don't even have websites. They just have their Instagram account because it's basically just a portfolio, right? It is the, the app now that is like really portfolio based. Everything's laid out in front of you. You don't even need to like really click on the thumbnails to kind of get an idea of someone's vibe. Yeah. And, um, yeah, cold calling and I guess cold DMing as we should now call it in 2023. (laughs) Um, is super, super important. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just continuing to build that, that network because, you know, I think that's the great thing about social media. I mean, some artists aren't as great as like, of like tagging people, which honestly it's a whole other thing. But, um, I, I really got into tour photography because a lot of bands that I really loved were, um, posting photos and tagging their artists that were with them. Like two of my biggest inspirations when I was starting were uh, David O'Donohue, David O.D. on Instagram. I literally didn't, I didn't know what his last name was. I always called him David O.D. But, um, and Gabriella Hughes, they were two artists that I looked up to so much mm-hmm. and they were on tour with some artists, some really amazing artists that I really loved. And, yeah, they were just such inspirations and it was so great to see like artists tagging them and, and artists like just su- supporting their work. And it really inspired me to kind of just like get out there and try. I was going to ask you if, if you'd met these two. Yes. Oh, which great. is crazy because you like the world is so small now. And I mean, I think that the visual creative world is actually a lot smaller than than I thought it was. Right. But. Yeah, two really, really amazing humans. I love them, and they still, like, inspire me so much every day. 
and yeah, it's just like really amazing to be able to, and I'm sure you feel this way a lot with like, whether it's your peers or clients, people you work with, just amazing to work with people that inspire you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and like, just, they, they want you to like, you, you just feel like you always want to do better. Like yeah. you just want to be like, just as expressive as you can be, be as creative as you can. Yeah. Which is really great. It's happened to me a couple times now where I get this DM and it's like, oh my gosh. Like, I've been such a fan of this person. Yeah. And now they want to. I know. Now they want to work with me. I know. It's like. It's what? crazy. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, it's insane. And, and I think it, I think it just speaks to like community and yeah. also just how people are also just people. And yeah. We can help each other and we can work together. And I think that's great. But it's also great to work with some people that you admire. And, you know, I'm very lucky to do that almost every day. And you are as well. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. It's just yeah. it's great. I honestly do my best work with, like, artists that just inspire me so much, yeah. you know. And I just, yeah, that's just when I, that's just when I find that I, I really just get my most creative ideas out is when I'm working with an artist that just, I feel like, I feel like I only feel that way if I know that they as artists themselves, they as musicians themselves constantly push themselves and constantly want to just like be as creative as possible and be as innovative and, and just be like really just out there with their brand. I find that that's just where I shine the most and, and just feel the most creative. We're going to go into a section now that's just tips and tricks about concert photography. I think it's really important. Like one knowing your way around a venue is always the most important, whether you are shooting for a publication, whether you're shooting for the artist, just like getting there early enough that you can take a look at, you know, the balcony, look at the pit, see your way around, see what it looks like on stage. You know, sometimes asking the security guard, Hey, can I go over here? Will I be okay to go over here? And kind of just clearing all that stuff beforehand, I think is really important. Yeah. Um, Figuring out your fastest way of, um, hold on, what's the term? Of like the the path of least resistance. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> because when you're trying to swim upstream through a crowd of like 1,500 screaming kids at yeah. a concert. Passionate fans. And you're yeah. trying to like get through and you've got like your camera in the air and you're like, excuse me, sorry, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> I feel like my Canadianness always comes out when I'm yeah, at yeah. a concert. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> like, uh, and I'm always like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, so sorry, sorry. I'm like, trying to go through <laughs> them. And I'm like pushing people out of the way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, um, definitely also just like really coming prepared with all the gear that you need knowing what lenses you'll need this kind of ties into knowing your way around the venue because if you know that you're not going to have access to the pit then you're definitely going to need a zoom lens you're going to need you know some gear that'll help you get a little bit closer to the stage itself and making sure things are charged because i very rarely do and i get (laughs) i don't know i'm just absent-minded sometimes what what happens there if like do you have like just spare like batteries yeah yeah, yeah. i always have like a lot of spare batteries but i've definitely done a few times the like tango when you have like four batteries that are at 10 percent you're like okay well put this one in for five (laughs) minutes and then you take it out and you put this one in for five minutes it's like when you have like batteries like actual batteries that are almost dead and but you only have like one extra battery so you're like trying to (laughs) to see which one has more power and like squeeze them in yeah but yeah for sure just 
coming prepared with all the gear that you might need. And yeah, my third tip is just like do whatever. Mm -hmm. Just I think that concert photography is obviously really reliant on your on your subject as well. Like you obviously want you'll you'll get some really great stuff with with artists that are super engaging with the crowd that are just really like I'm really energized and just super, super charismatic on stage. That's always great. But just like try, try things out, lie down in the pit, like go upside down. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like take a weird flash photo and like move your camera super quick. I don't know. Just do some like crazy stuff because that's where I've kind of found my, my favorite photos ever were from moments where I'm like maybe in at the back of the stage and and all of a sudden the drummer is like grabbing a drink of water or they're like looking down and, and like you just get these like really cool, cool photos sometimes when you're not even, when you're not even thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. And also like from night to night, it might look a lot alike. So yeah. it's good to just do different things every night 100%. just to like differentiate the portfolio yeah. at the end of the day as well. And just yeah. give the artist a bunch of different options to sort of yeah. post. Yeah, exactly. I know that's the, that's always the tricky thing is when you're, when you're doing a tour where, you know, all the venues kind of look similar, especially when you're doing like a 1500 cap type of like theater tour, a lot of those venues are going to look the same. So, you know, and also just knowing if, if you're on tour, kind of learning the set, learn the set, learn when some really great moments happen and just, you know, one night, take that moment from this side one night, take that moment from another angle and just, Mm -hmm. and just play around with it. I I really believe that just overall you want to, you really want to let the subject and you want to let, yeah, the artist through your images really show themselves. And I think it's always more important for me. I've always kind of had, um, this idea that I don't want people to look at a photo and go, Oh, that's a really cool Becca Hamill photo. You know, like there's some, there's some, right. there's some artists, some photographers out there. You look at the photo and you're like, Oh, I know who took that photo. Right. Like those very specific okay, looks. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And to me, I've always wanted people to kind of look at a photo and go, wow, that's a really great photo of Valley. And then go, Oh yeah. Becca took that photo. Like, I just find that like, I'd much rather let, my subject and their their aura, their personality, their charisma come through in a photo more than me trying to like brand my look, my style and all of that on top. Like I just think yeah. I just think that's just way more important. That might be a weird idea, you nope. know. <laughs> but it's, like it's gr- it's a great it's a great like idea because it's the same in music. Yeah. We often talk 100%. about and we talked about it last week on this podcast that a lot of just different and if I use again the example of drummers, you know who's playing the song. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's more important that that drummer, even if you know who it is, serves the song. And 100%. What, you're, what, you're, what you're saying is serve the artist. Serve the like, artist. Yeah, and their brand. <laughs> this is awesome. You know? And I'm giddy right now because yeah. it's the same in music. It is, yeah. You, 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 have, you have some musicians that they have their sound because of the gear that they use, because yeah. of their technique, because of just their aura. Yeah. But you still want yeah. to serve the artist at the end of the day. That's 100%. always the goal. And 100%. that's great. Yeah. yeah, I think it 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 definitely is just from the same family and from the same world. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about touring. And a pretty practical question about touring is what do you bring on tour? What is yeah. essential to you? What do you think, like, what does Becca Hamill bring on tour? And can't go with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, 
for sure. There's definitely a few things that come up on the top of my list. I mean, I could, I barely fit everything in my bag. Every single time I would go pack a suitcase for tour, I'm like, how do I have so much stuff? But, um, <laughs> the yoga mat? My, yeah. <laughs> I was actually gonna, I was gonna say, hey. like, you know, the yoga mat. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know. I like, I, yeah, I love bringing a yoga mat on tour. There's usually not always a lot of time, but you just have to make the time. You know, you have to make the time, then you can just like work out on the go, which I think that working out on tour is so underrated. It's super important. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yoga mat for sure. Did I steal one for your, from your list there? Yeah. Uh, you know what's funny? It was one that I just thought of right before you said that. <laughs> I didn't even think of it earlier today, but then right when I was, because I was thinking about how the Elio tour that we went on together, mm-hmm. that was the first time I'd brought like a yoga mat on tour. Oh. Yeah. Nice. And I, um, it was super, it made me feel really good. You like the experience? I liked it. Did, did you yeah. find yourself like waking up earlier to yeah. do some? Oh, for some sure. Stuff? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember post. I think Washington. I think. Yeah. That we we had we had to we had to leave, but you, you were like, wait, <laughs> you were out of a session or something. You yeah. were like running to the van with your yoga mat. Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably didn't even shower, and I'm like getting into the van. And I'm like, oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> Whoops. No, like every morning I'd wake up, and like Charlotte and I were sharing a hotel room, and I'd like look over, and she's like passed out in her bed, and I'm like trying to like really quietly really really quietly tie my <laughs> shoes and like leave and you're doing the whole like hotel door like really really really, <laughs> really silent door closing but at the last minute it just oh, oh yeah and every single time you're like oh god yeah. but um yeah so definitely my pelican is super important yes and i yeah for those who don't know what a pelican is my little suitcase. Yeah, just like well, a, what, it's like what a, would you? It's, it's like, like a, a hard case. Yeah, a hard yeah. case for your gear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, shows how much I know about gear. I'm like, it's a, we I'm bring like, a bird on tour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's my cute little suitcase. Um, but um, yeah, and, so and that's different from just your clothes suitcase, right? So you have oh yeah. Yeah, two yeah. suitcases it really depends on the type of tour i'm going on if it's like a van tour i'll typically just bring a backpack with all, like a camera backpack with all of my gear just because you need to reach for things really quickly and mm-hmm. like pulling out like pulling out a pelican in the middle of the van would not be the most ideal thing yeah, yeah. but typically um my pelican is super important to me i love it every time i don't have my eyes on it i panic <laughs> but um a sling bag too for yeah. During the show, um, I think mine's like a think tank. Yeah, think tank bag that I got. Actually, I um, know Maddie Vogel, who is Billie Eilish's photographer. He has like kind of like a mini blog on his website, which is really cool. That was like a tool when I first started touring in 2019. I like always went to his website. And um, his blog has like tips on how to organize your files while you're on the go you know, tricks for just, tricks for anything touring wise. And uh, he had like a gear recommendation list and he had this uh, sling bag on there and it honestly fits everything perfectly. So I love it. A carabiner is super important so that I can put my uh, little flashlight. I always have a little flashlight on me. If I'm trying to like go through, go through the crowd, um, it's super important. Also to put my my like all access pass if I'm on tour, just anything. I don't know. Even when I'm at like a show just for a night and you get like one of those stickies, I don't know what it is, but those things always fall off me. I yeah, cannot yeah. I cannot keep a sticky on me for the life of me. Yeah. <laughs> so I always have my carabiner on me. Mm-hmm. Um and then it's always fun. Like some of the tours I've been on, like on the beaches tour, this fan made all of these like 
beaches, keychains. And so I like put the little keychain on it. It was cute. You can accessorize your, yeah, your carabiner. You can, you can accessorize basically. your carabiner. So it's kind of the top thing yeah. of touring no, fashion. It's, it's number one. It's, yeah. it's the top accessory for anyone on tour, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, essentially, is black clothes. Very essential. And I'm sure you know that as a session musician too. Like I yeah. feel like typically you're wearing black as well, right? Yeah. But yeah. It depends on the artist. Um, I don't mind. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I can wear whatever. Yeah. If it's if it's crazy, if it's <laughs> wild, or if we're only playing, if we're only wearing black clothes. Yeah. I think, I think the standard is black clothes. Yeah. But now I think we're sort of moving away from it. Yeah. Um, like 10 years ago, it was like standard. It was like yeah. only bring black clothes. But now yeah. it's like, now musicians are becoming the, their own personalities as well, and they get to show that. And totally, artists, artists get to, or, or some artists allow the musicians to like sort of wear whatever they want, which is a good thing. But it's not for every artist. Yeah, um, yeah. I have. I think I maybe have a hot take on the black clothes because yeah. I. Okay, I'll say specifically for photographer wise. Uh, it isn't it irks me so much when people are not wearing black I don't know what it is when I'm at a concert and I just see the photographer walking on stage with like a bright white t-shirt and like they stick out like a sore thumb and it's just so distracting yeah. so I don't know kind of a hot take like I don't want to be a whole like grandma about it <laughs> I don't think it's that much of a hot yeah. take really um yeah. I, I get it for the photographer because they're you want to be invisible. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You don't want to yeah. distract from the show. Yeah. And I've even been on tours where some of the like front of house or tour managers are like, we don't want to see you up there. Like if we see you there, you're not doing it right. You know right. what I mean? It's like go on stage. But if we can see you, obviously there's like the odd moment. Okay. If someone's like about to stage dive off the, you know, off the stage and you need to like get up close to do it, that's fine. But I think it's yeah. just like, don't walk in front of the LED screen. And, like, people can see you standing there. You yeah, know yeah, what totally, I mean? Like, totally. I don't know. I just think that there's there's some ways to to do it and not be distracting. And, mm -hmm. and that's kind of the coolest part about being super stealthy. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, coming, so coming out of, let's say, um, just working with a bunch of different artists, do you have any thoughts on how one could start even reaching out to different artists. Like we talked briefly about cold DMing now mm -hmm. is the term, the right term yeah. in 2023. Cold DMing. Yeah. But w are there any other like tips or just even thoughts about how to work with more artists, how to work with just your community? Yeah, I think definitely it, it it's tricky because it is a little bit of a chicken before the egg kind of situation. Cause yeah. I could just say build your portfolio, but then someone's gonna say how, if I can't even go to a concert and take photos, like it's not always easy to get a media pass, but yeah, like I think that what's you kind of have to play play the field in a way of, you know, I started out by shooting smaller artists in smaller venues, which were easy to get access to. Mm -hmm. You know, a artist that has 500,000 followers might not read your DM. They just might not. I don't know. Right. But, you know, an artist that's playing your local like smaller venue that only has X amount of followers that might be a little bit easier to reach or maybe their contact info is a lot easier to find. You know, you can definitely and should definitely reach out to these artists, send them emails. If you have, if you can, if you find their email, send them an email, DM yeah. them, you know, tell them a little bit about yourself, tell them that you're passionate about them and they're, they're them as artists and, you know, offer to come to shows, you know, you'll probably have to grind it out for a little bit 
for unpaid gigs. Unpaid, I feel like yeah. we all know that in, yeah. in the freelance world and in like the creative visual world. I think just like the world in general, I think a lot of people expect people to do things for free. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, it's just it's just constantly reaching out, constantly 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 reaching out to people. And I know even firsthand from touring with artists that you know, like people that end up on the media pass list are oftentimes fans that DM them right. and fans that are like, Hey, I really like you guys. And here, here's my portfolio. Would love to just come take some photos just for my portfolio. You know what I mean? Like there doesn't even have to be any forced, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to take photos of you post them. You know what I mean? You yeah, just yeah. be like, Oh, I just want the opportunity to come and take photos. And then it doesn't matter whether they post them or not. It's at least you're building out your own portfolio. Right. Totally. And yeah, sorry. Well, yeah, no, it's just an idea that, a lot of time the band or the artist doesn't necessarily always come with a content creator with them. Yeah. Um, it's still expensive. It's still to bring an extra person. Yeah, on the exactly. Road. Especially yeah. if you're flying, especially yeah. even if in a van that, that extra yeah. bed on tour, like it could get a lot. So uh, it, it could get to be a lot. Yeah. So just like DMing those artists and offering your services, even if at the end of the day, it might be, you know, pro bono in yeah. the beginning. Yeah could pay off like really well in the in, in the end because to what we were speaking before it can just be an artist like the next time you have a gig it's just an artist looking for a photographer and they go to that that artist's profile and 100%. they see your account there and be like okay well if I, if I do need somebody in Toronto well Becca's yeah. there kind yeah. of thing and it did happen yeah and the power of social media where if you take a really cool photo like I have some friends that are amazing photographers and you know, like they have like a small, like a small to medium following on Instagram. And if they take an amazing photo and that hits the algorithm, mm -hmm. like that's amazing. You know, like it'll still like good art will always be, you know, shared and like credit will be, will be due. And, and I think definitely also just like immersing yourself in the world. When I first started taking photos and like touring I really just wanted to learn more of the like pioneers from the world that I'm in yeah, yeah and like you know I did a lot of research on Annie Lebovitz who is like obviously iconically known for touring with the Rolling Stones and so you know I did a lot of research on her also um like Linda McCartney obviously she was an amazing photographer who toured with you know, <laughs> with the Beatles and like spent time documenting their, their work. And, um, I think just like really immersing yourself in the world, even going to shows, if you're not taking photos, go to the shows anyways. Like, and, and like when you're at the concert, like think about it in a kind of creative way, obviously enjoy your time being at the show, but like, you know, think like, Oh man, if I did have my camera, like that would be cool. That would be cool. Because the next time you're at that venue seeing another show and maybe with your camera and having a media pass, then mm -hmm. you kind of have that, like, those ideas already brewing. Yeah. And, yeah, it's honestly just, like, immersing yourself in it as much as possible, whether it is through other media, through connecting with people, and, yeah, every single way that you can do it. I think the biggest thing for me, and relating to photography, but also to music, is just like staying with your people as well through yeah, it. 100%. Because you never know when they could just go like hit yeah. the algorithm like you said and then just pop off and yeah. be on the next, yeah, the, the, some of the biggest touring possible. Yeah. I think about, well, I mean, because of the experience with Ellie in the last year, I, I often think about the, the XCX camp 
And mm-hmm. if I'm thinking about photography in the XCX camp, I'm thinking about Henry. Yeah. Amazing photographer. Yes. <laughs> um, but Henry went to high school with Charlie. Yeah. Went to high school with Charlie, Sam, Twiggy. And they're all like re- like friends from yeah. back then. It's a very serendipitous yeah. thing. Yeah. It's like stick with your people and believe in your people. They'll believe in you. And it could really work out in the long yeah, term. Yeah, 100%. And that's honestly, that's how I, I feel about my situation. I actually, it's funny that we're talking about this because I, when I started touring, I would get a lot of messages from people saying, I love what you do. How do I do it? I want to get into touring. I want to get into this. How did you get there? And I felt like I really had to catch myself a few times because sometimes I'd be like, I don't know, my friends are just in a really good band. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It just so happened that this, this, and and I honestly struggled for a long time being like, it was just luck. It was luck of the draw. But it wasn't until I really like had a moment where I think it was actually my dad that told me this, where he was like, it's not luck. It's seren- like, it's ser- serendipitous that this happened to you. Like it was, it's, it's, it, it happened for a reason. Right. You know what I mean? And kind of to the point of like good people just inspiring each other and, and, you know, pushing each other to be because, you know, I, I've been friends of Valley for so long and, and these are people that obviously love me as a person first and foremost and as a friend and as a human. And like, you know, when you're, when you're 20 years old, like your friends are just so important to just push you. And and like, that's when you know when you're with a good group of people is people that just inspire you to just be better every single day. Yeah. And, and that really happened to me. I just, once I started taking photos and had those opportunities, I was like, man, like I, I, I really enjoy this and it's obviously working out. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's, it's kind of crazy to think about. You talk about, this 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 feeling of being like oh like it was just luck yeah does imposter st- syndrome still bug you sometimes oh yeah all the time i struggle with it a lot and i think it's hard too because we just have like i think that we don't talk enough about mental health yeah. as like in the creative world whether it is like musicians you know visual creatives all that kind of stuff and imposter syndrome is definitely something that like has really really taken a toll on me honestly later in my career than it would have earlier on and yeah I think we don't we don't talk enough about about the the impact that social media can have I know we do talk about it a lot but I feel like we 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 almost need to talk about it more about how you know for some people it's uh it's really tough. Like it's really tough sometimes to to see other people's work being highlighted more than yours. And I'm sure everyone feels it. Every single person feels it. And it yeah. just creates such such an imposter syndrome to to deal with. And you know, sometimes I I do have those low moments of being like, maybe I am just here because I, you know, was just lucky. Maybe that is it. I'm not actually good at my job. I was just lucky and it was a time and place kind of situation. But then you have to think about it the other way. It's like, no, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't actually good at what I do or like at least had some sort of creative Mm -hmm. idea. You know, I wouldn't be here Mm -hmm. if that like at this stage in my career, if that was the case. I think the message is just like make those connections, build that network, stay loyal to that network, but still be 
good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll be good. But also, and we spoke a little bit about this last week, but it's to be a hang as well. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, th- this is something that I, I've actually, that has come up a lot specifically about touring, but even like it's come up a lot more and with my like studio work too, is hmm. just, if you're a good person and you're just, you do great work and you're a good person and make it fun in the meantime, then that is, that is worth so much more than a million dollar photo. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, totally. Like it's worth so much more. And on touring, like we've talked about this before where it's like, I I know tours that would much rather take a mediocre, like, front house guy or, you know, drum, you know, just like drum tech, whatever, um, on the road who's just a really good person and mm-hmm. just, like, a good vibe and just a great person to have on the tour than to have the best, maybe the best drummer, the best session drummer in the world to be on your tour if they suck and they are just like mean and they're not bringing a good vibe, yeah, it's not worth it. No, especially it's if, not yeah. worth it. Especially if you're touring for like months, months. But even like <laughs> even a week. Oh my can god! Be like it could feel like a month devast- if it's not the yeah. right people. <laughs> it, could be de- it could be devastating because like yeah. usually it feels like summer camp. Yeah, I mean and like, it should. Yeah, yeah. I mean we kind of really got close because of touring. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like you and Nate and Charlotte, like even Charlotte, I've known Charlotte for years, for years. But like, I feel like going on tour, it's just, it's summer camp, right? You yeah. get to know people on a whole, like, you're just, you're spending all day, every single day with people. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> like 12 like, hour van rides. I know, yeah. I know. Me sitting in the back being like, I'm gonna throw up. I'm so car sick. <laughs> Not yeah. great. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of coming back to just being being a good person and being a good hang is always going to be so important. So last question. Do you have any advice for anyone that's looking to go into photography? And that's not necessarily just stage music photography, just sort of like any photography. Yeah, <laughs> big question. I know, it's a big question. <laughs> um I don't know, man. Like, just do it. Like, not to be sorry. Nike. <laughs> a little Nike plug there. <laughs> just, just go for it. Like, I didn't have any idea. Like, I was probably twenty-two years old when I was like, "Oh, maybe I'm gonna do this." You know right. what I mean? Like, I think just, just go for it. The worst thing people can say to you is no. You know, say if you try to to go into it whether it's just like regular photography and trying to get clients and all these things, the worst thing someone's going to say to you is no. And for every like 10 no's you're going to get, you're going to get a yes. You know what I mean? And just learning, like we are so lucky now to live in an age where we have so many free resources available to us, Mm -hmm. whether that is your peers, people around you, or just the what, like the internet. Like, the internet is crazy. You have so many things that you can learn. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just super important to to follow what you feel like you got to do. I just, you know, I graduated with an HR degree. I did, like, an internship right after that. And I just had this gut-wrenching feeling that it just wasn't it. It yeah. wasn't it. And the second that I started to get involved in photography and 
start doing, you know, doing this crazy life and touring and traveling and, and just doing the arts in general, being self-employed, it, it changed everything. Yeah. It really changed everything. And, and, you know, you'll know, you know, if you're not doing what you're, what you're supposed to do, Yeah. you know, and you know what, 10 years from now, I might be like, Ooh, I'm not really getting that feeling anymore, you know, or maybe yeah, like, yeah. you know, or maybe this, this isn't quite it. And I might turn into, I don't know, something else. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I can't think of anything else right yeah. now. So maybe I'm yeah. not meant to do anything else because I literally <laughs> can't think of anything. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, if, if you know, you know, and, and I think it's super important to just trust, trust in every single process and, mm. and know that we live in a world now that, like not to sound cliche, this is so cliche, but quite literally anything is possible. Like you have people now that grew up wishing to make YouTube videos. Like all they wanted to do was just like do makeup tutorials, yeah, yeah. things like that. And now on TikTok, like there's all these kids that are super successful in like a great way. And like they're doing what they love and they're doing what they want to do. And it's really cool to see. It's cool to see that just, you know, there's there's so much out there to do. And so much to explore as well, which is, which is really nice to just, you know, even for myself, like I taught myself how to do motion graphics and like 3d animation, which is not something that I ever would have thought of, but I watched a YouTube video on it once and I was like, this is pretty cool. I'm going to do it. (laughs) So I think just like being open to, to riding the wave of life and, and, and trying all these different things Mm -hmm. and, and just doing what makes you happy, you know? Yeah. Starting out is, is super important. And yeah. Now, and we just to another previous point is that the barriers are sort of low now yeah. because you do have that $1,500 camera yeah. in your pocket. 100%. And all it takes is time, really, because yeah. you can learn on YouTube again. Yeah. Uh, most of most of the, the tips and tricks and all how to do Lightroom, uh, Photoshop, Illustrator, whatever. Oh, yeah. There's um, so many. There's so many tools available. And it's just having fun. Like I, I, I always, 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 always try to remind myself there are some weeks where I get super busy with work or I just, you know, feel really swamped or I'm not like feeling very inspired by a project. I'm stuck. I have like roadblock kind of, you know, for, for something. And I just remind myself that it's like, this is supposed to be fun. Yeah. Like do something that's fun. Like I, like my job is like creating art. Like that's sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's yeah, yeah. so cool. And yeah. that's cool for like anyone in the arts, like whether you're making music or whether you're doing that, like it's sick that like, this is, this is your job. This is your life. Yeah. And just like embracing it. That just about wraps it up for the second episode of cloud machine. Uh, I'd like to thank Becca Hamill for being with us today. You could check out her work at B E C C A. H-A-M-E-L dot com. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for being with us. Stay safe and have a good night.